Welcome to Asia New Horizons, where law enforcement practitioners and academics get together to share knowledge and ideas to shape the future of crime analysis. Hello, everyone. This is Suzanne Knabenikol from Police Science Doctor. It's great to be back on the podcast. I'm here today with um, the lovely Paige from the Asia podcast. And also we've got Chris Allen from Criminist Training here with us. Chris is a researcher, consultant and lecturer in organized crime. And I'm actually working with him to put, to bring a series of short training sessions to you on the Police Science Doctor Academy. And actually, we're very fortunate to have Policing Insight and Policing TV as media partners on this venture, which we're going to talk about a little bit more in a set, second. But what we want to tell you about today is that we've got three first sessions coming up from the 20th of April, 2022. So... Maybe I'll just hand over to Chris. Can you maybe introduce yourself and tell everyone who you are? Yeah, absolutely. Thanks, Suzanne. And thanks, Paige, for having me on the podcast. Like, so, yeah, my name is Chris Allen. Like you said, my area of expertise is organised crime and how it operates. So I'm due to be starting a new role shortly at Buckinghamshire New University as a senior lecturer in policing practice. I also lead policing insights um, commentary on organised crime issues, so writing sort of opinion and policy pieces on the organised crime issues of the day. So recently I've been looking at drug trafficking, I've been looking at uh, cybercrime in the pandemic, how uh, particularly drug, at the minute drug trafficking has really evolved during the pandemic and essentially has made absolutely no difference to the criminal's bottom line. So that's a yeah really fascinating area. I also, yeah, as you mentioned, run criminalist training consultancy services which looks at runs sort of private short courses for sort of for, for policing uh, universities and the private sector. So, yeah, my area really in a nutshell is organised crime and how it operates. And prior to entering academia, I worked with City of London Police to develop the U-Battle Toolkit, which looks at how organised crime it acts like a business and how we can use business analysis techniques to enhance the investigative strategies to counteract organised criminal groups and also worked for numerous other law enforcement organisations, such as the Home Office as well. So that's a bit, really a bit about my background. That's like a whistle-stop tour of what you've done, Chris, but you've done so much. Um, and Suzanne, it's great to have you back on the podcast. Um, Chris, so you have done a lot within law enforcement. Um, I'm really interested in sort of the drug trafficking and what you potentially found. Can you delve into that a little bit for us, of what the, the key findings? Yeah, so a lot of the key findings is is really sort of focused around that organised crime as an enterprise model that sort of started with Forced and Selling in 1963. And then there's been, the trouble is we're interviewing drug traffickers. Well, it's the side I would really want to do if any people are funding research listening out there. Like that is the creme de la creme to go and interview some of these high level drug traffickers. But partly because of the sort of complexities of COVID and partly because of the ethics side of things, obviously interviewing high level criminals is challenging. And then you add the bureaucracy of the Ministry of Justice, the amount of forms and licensing and all the rest you have to fill in. It means it's quite, nobody has done interviews realistically with, in an academic sense, from high level drug traffickers from the last sort of five or six years. But stuff like Frederick, from Frederick Disrochi's, there's a couple of really interesting Home Office reports as well. Essentially, it's, they said they're operating like businesses, except the commodity happens to be cocaine rather than coffee. So it's a really fascinating sort of, Wait, and therefore, my, a lot of my research, particularly my PhD research, is focused on if we're taking the fact that these organised crime groups operate like businesses, 
then therefore business analysis techniques, which have been in use by legitimate corporations to, to look at weaknesses, to look at strengths, to look at vulnerabilities in sort of when they're taking over a company or in to assess their own, their own strengths and weaknesses. They've been around for 60, 70, 80 years, but nobody as yet, uh, other than myself, and there's a couple of there's a gentleman in Police Scotland, Kenneth Murray, who's done um, the Project Jackson project, work on something called Project Jackal, which is um, using, he's a, a forensic accountant for Police Scotland. He's done lots of work there. And there's another piece of work in the UN ODC called the Financial Disruptions Toolkit, which is purely very, very much UN and very much only available in a um, paper version. So I've got a paper version and it's not available anywhere online. So in terms of that, there is literally about three pieces of research that say about and one of them being mine, that looking about how we can use business analysis techniques to enhance the development of investigative strategies for policing. So in terms of that's really been my area. And obviously because of drug tra drug trafficking is the, one of the main sort of um, activities of organised criminals, purely from a profit based thing, really. Like There's a huge market for it. Col cocaine in Colombia might a kilogram of cocaine in Colombia might sell for £3,000, sorry, £300, but by the time you get it onto the streets of Oxford or London, it's 40 grand. So as a result of that, there's a huge scope for profit, and therefore these organisations have sprung up to to actually start to, to make some money out of that, and they're, they're using the same techniques that and the same way of operating that legitimate companies are. They just happen to be, the mm. thing they're selling happens to be on the, the black side of the law. Yeah. OK, I'm going to stop you because I, don't, I want people to attend your talk with the, uh, the collaboration you're doing with Suzanne. So very interesting. And I, I'd want you to carry on, but it's not fair because I want people to sign up. Um, so let's talk about the Policing Insight collaboration. Suzanne, how did this work? How did you come across Chris um, and how did you get him on board with what you're doing? I think I was in, in touch with Policing Insight be, before I met Chris. So Policing Insight published some of my articles that I wrote and possibly the first one came about because of, I, I posted something on LinkedIn and people started arguing about it. And I just thought, well, you know, this might interest more people. So I, I think I contacted Policing Insight and perhaps some other online magazines about it and they printed the article. I, I do think it helps to have doctor in front of your name. I mean, I know both of you are having are going to have that soon as well, but it does it does raise your profile a little bit, doesn't it? So um, they they printed one or two of my articles, and then I asked them if they wanted to be involved in some of the online conferences I ran last year, and I want to run some more con conferences this year, the Rapid Fire conferences, and they um, <clears throat> they agreed and they became media partners, which which meant that they, you know, they happily printed um, my the information that I was giving out to people. Um, on the conferences and I included them their logo on everything that I, I was doing basically in regards to these conferences so it was a mutual collaboration which is a win-win situation and I love win-win situations I think it's the absolute best way of collaborating with someone and I think Chris did you find me on LinkedIn did you contact me on LinkedIn is that yeah I think I was looking at a way so I was at the time working for Buckingham University running this MA in transnational crime and we've been working with uh, the Ivory Coast uh, police in the Ivory Coast to try and develop a training course for them on transnational organised crime, which um, we'd got all the way through designing it and all the rest of it with them. And then COVID intervened and we couldn't actually go out there and deliver it. So I was like, hold on, I've got all of this material that we were going to deliver to a law enforcement sort of market that they clearly wanted. And then suddenly now, because of the COVID situation, I had nowhere to put it. 
So I then sort of went on a bit of a research mission to see what sort of agencies and what organisations out there were delivering this sort of training. And you popped up on the on the Google search, and I was okay. This looks this looks absolutely perfect. Sort of actually bringing academia and academic expertise into the policing sphere, which is something I've always sort of having had a foot in both camps for quite a while now. I always think there's huge amounts that of research in academia that policing just doesn't have the time to actually dig into and learn the lessons that academics have spent months and years researching and, summar and summarizing. But because policing isn't, doesn't have, often have the time to sit there and reflect, there's so much we can learn from academia that can be fed into, into the sort of, into policing practice. And I think these sessions will be the, are we a really useful way of doing that because it's sort of two or three hours of your time and we can give you some real insight onto what the current research says, what the current trends are, and how that you can then start to feed that research into investigative strategy, into actually making a change in the real world. Well, that, that's that's much of what Police Science Doctor does actually, the you know, the website that I run, because it's my, my whole thing is always law enforcement practitioners don't have the time to sit and read through research. So I, I do these police science snippets every Tuesday where I email out three actionable bits of research that I think might be relevant to frontline practitioners and, you know, anyone in law enforcement. And then I do live broadcasts as well. And, you know, Chris's courses are not, you know, courses for the sake of have running a course. They're actually, you know, they are built They're, you know, the, the, the creme de la creme of what people have found with research and with, with the, all the investigations and the outcomes and, and what would work best or how best to understand. So it's actually giving an in-depth insight into, into how all of this operates. And the, the other exciting thing with Policing Insight, they now have a new sister site called Policing TV which is video based and um they've asked me to to have a police science doctor presence on their on my own channel on there which is fantastic and i'm actually going to start with a series of videos on the society of evidence based policing conference from 2020 i'm, I'm i keep getting the years wrong but it's 2020 so 2020 and 2021 were two online conferences that i work with the SEBP on um on the comms and their their marketing or media and so we put these recorded sessions online and, but they are, you know, up to an hour long. So what I'm doing with that, um, with my first series on policing TV is to summarize the talks and, you know, give a relatively brief summary, something like 10 minutes of each of the talks and people can then decide if they, okay, well, this is actually something that interests me and then watch the whole, the whole thing. So this policing TV thing can be, can be great because it will give, you know, good, a good insight to all, all of the policing insight and policing TV viewers or visitors into lots of areas that might be very relevant to them but it gives them a, a you know a snippet insight rather than having to commit to a whole hour without knowing if it's actually going to be relevant to them so that's really exciting as well yeah that's very exciting i mean you get your own tv show chris are you gonna Susanna, are you gonna invite chris to come on the tv show <laughs> i might see it's it's called tv but you know what is the i don't know is it is it's just what what i do already you're just recording videos and putting them yeah. somewhere but it does it does sound great police oh, great. And yeah. Yeah. yeah i don't, i feel like i might very much have a face for radio but we'll see <laughs> chris it's with the speakers in the background no one's gonna be able to no one can see what i'm going on about but you've got like massive speakers in the background so yeah you look you look the part Dan, what's the benefit of having someone like Chris? I can I can see so many benefits listening to someone like Chris with the level of expertise, the knowledge, the research experiences in this field. But for you, bringing Chris on uh, to, to speak in front of your audience, what is the benefit of having him, him there? 
you know, I, I would say that's another win-win situation because um, I'm not going to say I'm, I'm an expert on many of the topics that you'll find something about on the Police Science Doctor Academy. I'm sort of more of a focal point or, you know, like the spider sitting in the middle of a web, but, you know, I've got, in, I've got content on this, I've got content on this, I've got content on that. My background is investigative psychology. I'm, I am qualified to talk about you know, a, a few of these topics and I've done research into a few of these topics, but Chris is the expert. Um, so people are going to get Chris. So that's for me, the advantage is I don't have to learn about this stuff. I don't have to research it in order to offer it. I can get someone in who knows what they're talking about. The benefit for the audience is that they can, they will slowly over time learn that actually the Police Science Doctor Academy has quite a few things that might be relevant, but even for specific interests, so they they can come and find you know new courses over time and they can get to people like Chris and some other experts I've got on there. And I hope for Chris, I mean, I don't want to speak for him, but the advantage is like he said, he's got all that content. He doesn't have the online platform to put it on. He doesn't, perhaps he doesn't have, an, have the audience that Police Science Doctor has. And, you know, the I've got the infrastructure to get this out to people and he's got the content. So I'm just, I'm just putting everyone together, the online, the audience, the content and the, and the expert and everything can happen on my platform. And that's great. I agree. Chris, I'm going to, I'm going to ask you a question. I don't know if you can give us an answer just yet, but what is your presentation going to involve? What is the audience going to take away from what you're going to discuss with them during that presentation? So the three sessions we're running, I'll focus on cybercrime at the minute. So the three, the first three, the sort of first tranche of these sessions will be the first one, cybercrime, then money laundering, and then firearms trafficking. There's lots of other subjects coming down the pipeline as well, but these are the first three we're focusing on. So cybercrime will give, give you an overview of the topic. So looking at the various threat actors in there. So particularly looking at the capabilities of some of these nation states. So you, because I've done research on sort of Russia, China, North Korea, all of these, like actually digging into what the threat is from these particular nations. And then we'll also be looking at how organized crime in cyberspace differs from traditional organized crime. So in terms of like who are the people that are committing it, what the different demographics of people, looking at different ways, so different modes of and methodologies of cyber criminals, so how they've evolved. Particularly, I mean, use the C word again, like particularly COVID at the minute, a whole of our world has suddenly become digital. Like, I mean, we were moving, since globalization has happened, we were moving towards that plane anyway. But the last two years, everyone's had to work from home. We've had to lecture online. We've had to do everything online that's given a huge opportunity for cyber criminals and they've they've adapted very quickly like cyber the thing with cyber criminals is that so from a policing perspective if you so if you're uh, for example you're a cyber criminal and you've got a um and you've employed lots of hackers you're going to issue a distributed denial of service attack for example on a particular website you could use servers from one country. You can use you could have a, a hijacked botnet, a hijacked network of zombie computers in that spreads ten other con- countries with the actual victim computer in in another country. Suddenly, if you're a, a law enforcement analyst or investigator, and ha- having to actually try and piece that together, you have to go through ten or twelve different jurisdictions. And each time you go to a different jurisdiction, there's a process to be followed. You have to get approval to look at the, the bank account that's uh, linked to that server to look at who this, these people are that are actually regulating and actually using the, these computers. Who has sold this 
particular piece of malware. And whereas it takes a criminal seconds to switch over to a jurisdiction, it can take weeks or months, depending on for, for law enforcement to do the same thing, depending on the amount of cooperation. So we really dig into sort of some of the barriers investigating cybercrime, looking at how cybercriminals operate, and then try and bring it into some form of solution. So what have we actually have the participants have a discussion about a bit of a brainstorming session and say, okay, right, we run a hypothetical hacking exercise, and then we actually look at the solutions to potentially do that from a law enforcement perspective. So we look at rather than just saying, look, oh, this is all terrible, this is how bad cybercrime is. We do some of that, but we also look at try and look at it from a positive, from a policy base and say, right, what can we do to try and change this? We know cyber criminals may have the upper hand now, but how can we counteract that? How can we, we work together to move things forward in the future? I'm really excited. Suzanne, I'm going to join this. Uh, oh, the, <laughs> the, because, Chris, the things you're going on about is just so exciting and I can hear the passion and you're so knowledgeable in this field and um, I think you're you're giving away really good expertise to help benefit this community of practitioners for sure. Um, Suzanne you found a a good one Uh, and if you're if this is you're setting the bar so high and I'm very excited to see who else you you have joining you during these sessions. Now the final thing I want to cover is the date, the time as to where I can listen to Chris, how I can join these sessions, and most importantly, the price, because I think all of the listeners like, this sounds great, but how much is this gonna cost me? Yeah, so um, actually Chris was a bit naughty. He he swapped two of the sessions around. So the the correct order is the cybercrime session is gonna be Wednesday, the 20th of April. Um, It's a two hour session, you know, straight delivered by Chris, but then we're doing a one hour, you know, Q&A or discussion of it. So it's three hours. They start at 5 p.m., um, you know, UK time. So I actually, I have to realize, I think they're switching the time over this weekend. So I used to say GMT, but it's going to be British Standard Time. But whatever 5 p.m. is going to be at the time, because we want um, colleagues from America to be able to join in the morning and hopefully people from Australia and over there to join. What's it going to be there? The next morning, I guess. So cybercrime is Wednesday, the 20th of April. Firearm smuggling is Wednesday, the 27th of April. And money laundering is Wednesday, the 4th of May. And the, these sessions are actually only £49. So I hope that everybody will agree that this is, this is quite good value. Um, and you do get access to the recordings as well. So if, you know, if, if maybe you, you, got, you, know, you messed up your notes or something, just, just go back and you can go back over the session as well. £49. That's... I thought, okay, I thought you were going to say about £209, like the, the random £9 that you sometimes see on um, conference fees. But £49 and you're getting Chris, good. Yep. the expert. Chris, I think you're worth more than £49, but I'm there. If it's, if it's well, I'm that... pimping him out cheap in the beginning. <laughs> so let's see how that goes. And then maybe we can up the price bit. <laughs> I am I'm very excited by this and I think what you're both doing is is amazing um and Suzanne I'm a massive fan of your work I know Asia is a massive fan of what you do um and the content that you continue to provide this community uh, most of the time free of charge uh, and I think this is going to be amazing and I think Chris it's it's great to speak to you actually I feel very honored to be able to speak to you before you you step on the big stage um on the 20th of April for your first one but um I'm, I'm very excited to hear 
what you have to say. And I think after this, you're going to have big things coming your way. I think many people are going to reach out and just say, can you tell me more? I'll pay you more. Um, so thank you very much for joining me, both of you. And Suzanne, it's a pleasure to have you on the podcast again. And Chris, for your first time, but hopefully not the last, it's great to have you on Asia's podcast. Absolutely. Thank you very much, Paige. Delighted to be on. Thank you. I haven't actually answered the second part of your question, though, Paige. Oh, God. Um, how, oh, I'm, how to find it? I'm how to find it? Yes, yeah. Tell us. So, um, so the easiest way to remember is just Google. Go to Google and just put in police science. And fortunately, I've, I've worked hard enough to get onto page one now um, on the Google, um, Google results. So you, yeah. you then go to police science doctor, the website, which is just policesciencedr.com. And on there, you click on learn and then you get to the academy and just scroll down to Chris's courses. And uh, you can book on there. Obviously, if you're on my email list, you will have received the direct link to that. If you're not on the email list, you can join for free. Um, just leave your details in the registration form on policesciencedr.com. So I'm not going to give you the direct links. Uh, we can put the, the links yeah. on the podcast notes, though, can't we? Because, you yeah. know, people are not going to remember those. But yeah, just Google Police Science and you'll get to my website. Click on Learn. You'll get to the Academy and then you'll find Chris courses there. And it's cybercrime, firearms, smuggling and money laundering for now. Okay, am I allowed to cut you off now? I feel so bad. I cut oh, you off. thank you Were very much. Us where, where it was. <laughs> thank you very much. Thank you, Paige. Um,